They call us a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. If you find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Hello. 2022, it's perfect already. Everything is great. And it's awesome, and it's going to be our year. I That's right. So, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's pray. Let us what pray. If, <laughs> what if uh, they call this a movie? Is what this country needs to pull it from the fires that we're <laughs> currently embroiled in. There's just I mean, so many fires. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could take that kind of popularity, to be honest. Yeah, we'd get canceled so fast. <laughs> I'm sure. So fast. I, Facebook is good at that, uh, bringing up really bad uh posts not like bad as in like you know racist or anything like that but just like man that's not funny at all i i was really oh, not man. funny in like 2010 <laughs> 2009 2010 are kind of cringy mm-hmm. to have those memories pop back up yeah yeah, yeah terrible yeah and that's my secret i'm never funny there <laughs> you go it's most of our secret <laughs> we're funny part-time yeah. Uh, so, as we do every episode, we talk about what we watched this week. So, let's talk about what we watched this week. Dan, why don't we start with you? Uh, I watched one movie. Actually, I, I finished watching The Witcher Scene 2. And I watched Don't Look Up, the, uh, the Netflix from uh, Adam McKay. Okay. And What'd you think? It was okay. It was a little long. It, it was about two, two hours, 20 minutes. I think you could have cut that down to two hours, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little, it's a satire and I get it. I think it was a little too on the nose for you know, climate change, uh, our government being unwilling to really do anything about all of the problems we face. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it kind of made it hard to laugh when it was so on the nose. I right. think movies like Idiocracy were better, better done, if that's uh, a way to put it, because it, it was a little bit more nuanced with its satire. But it's such a good cast that you can kind of look past some of the de- uh, shortcomings of it. I-, I don't know if it's for everybody. And I-, I don't know why Adam McKay continues to put like close-ups of animals in his movies. Just animals doing random things. I think he's done it in pretty much every movie since The Big Short. 
Mm, okay. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. I I don't know if it's look how clever I am. I I don't understand what the point of it is, but it it doesn't resonate with me. I'd probably give it. It's like a three out of five. Okay. Mark, what about you? What did you watch this week? Yeah. So I actually watched two movies. Um, one one I plan to watch to talk about on this podcast. Um, and another one I had just realized it came out and was able to um share an experience um experience the movie uh with my mother. Um, I'll start off with the one that I had planned on, um, one of the two movies I had planned on, um, didn't get a chance to see Matrix, which seems like a good thing from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did go see uh, West Side Story in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, it kept one tradition up. Um, it was really, really good. I'll get that out of the way. Um, it was, it may be better than the original. Um, I have to go back and watch the original again. but. Um, it kept up the one tradition that the most useless character in the story is Tony. Um, and he is played by an actor who is equally useless in the movie. Um, in this case, it was, uh, was it Ansel Eggert or however you say his name? Um, Ansel Elgort? Ergo Eggler. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> That's close. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the one revelation in that movie is that Rachel Ziegler is going to be a star. <laughs> um, she carries that movie um, as Maria um, and for being her first feature at all. And, you know, it makes me even more excited um, about Snow White um, coming out since she is playing, um, you know, her in that movie. Um, I think her performance and just the way Spielberg does his Spielberg thing with new actors and just really highlights them um, well uh, throughout this movie. She's great. Every close up um is is just you know one of those she knows how to hold a close-up i believe is the phrasing um you know well and and she's probably the best singer in the movie um by a long shot um but i do have to hand it to the guy that played riff which is the the other um jet uh the one that's a little more hardcore than than tony is um with everything he played that part really well and um being a mostly broadway actor um, you know, I think that was the main thing I got from that movie is that with a lot of them outside of uh, uh, Tony were a lot of Broadway um, people. So they get the concept of everybody pulling, you know, in the same direction and like not trying to show off in scenes and stuff. Um, and I think that really helps this movie um, a lot more than the original did. Um, I think the one thing I forgot is uh, how much of a bummer that movie ends on. Um, because they followed the story almost exactly the same as the movie. We're probably closer to the play than the movie from what I read. Um, but I do recommend it for anybody that likes musicals. Um, anybody really like West Side Story. Um, and the one great thing Spielberg does, um, in this movie, um, is he does a lot of wide shots and gets like the group dancing into into frame, like the entire group, and not like cutting between faces of the main characters or anything you get to see the choreography and it's 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 not um it's it's on display at its best um with america um which is they go through the neighborhood singing that song and just the colors and how they add dancers to it and the crane shots he has it's it's beautiful filmmaking um he's probably he may get nominated i think she will too um, for at least a globe if she wasn't already and definitely consideration for the Oscar um, just because Oscars love their musicals. Mm. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. 
Um, and then the other one I watched was, um, I didn't realize it was out on Prime. I thought it was just in theaters. Um, I watched uh, uh, Being the Ricardos. Okay, this was um, one of the movies that I watched part of. Yeah, so my mom's a huge I Love Lucy fan. Um, you know, got multiple complete series, DVDs, the colorization, all that stuff. Um, so uh, I said on Christmas, I was like, hey, Christmas after dinner, you want to watch Bring the Ricardos? Um, the first thing about it um, is that it is very much an Aaron Sorkin movie uh, <laughs> in, in that um, he's he, he damned the, the truthfulness of of real life characters um and and sit and timelines and stuff like that it as long as it helps him tell the story um so they like smash three events that happened in lucy and desi's life and sort of condense the timeline on all of them mm-hmm. um and because uh you know for uh, it uh, the short thing is um it's a, a it's the week after um she was famously accused of being a communist um mm-hmm. back during the this the uh you know McCarthy and the Red Scare and all that stuff, um, and they also like tied in the um, thing where she was like the first uh, a woman on a sitcom to have a baby on the sitcom, um, and those events happened eight weeks apart in real life, not all at the same time. And right. I had known that just from my family history of seeing those episodes so much um, and that timeline. And then you know they do the you know Desi's history. Um, which was well known before the Red Scare thing. Um, so Sorkin mashes them all together. Um, I think the best part about it is that I think Nicole Kidman did a good job, um, as well as you know being not an American, you know, um, with the accent. Um, I mean, Lucille Ball is kind of tough. It's kind of a very distinct um, uh, personality and voice um, mm-hmm. to do. I think the best part is that you forget she's Nicole Kidman at times. Um, especially when she's on set during that. Um, I think they did a re- I think the best job they did was Fred and Ethel. Um, the actors to play that played uh, Vivian Vance was um, almost as close as you can get without like finding a clone of her um, in, in terms of, of you know just the look and the body shape and all that. Um, you could like real quick look and think that that um, it was Viv and um, I think and J.K. Simmons is great in anything he's in. Um, sure. and he, he just plays that role. Um, I didn't know much about the actor's history, um, before that and, and any of the things, but his comedic timing and, um, you know, just the ability to go back and forth between comedy and heartfelt drama. Um, I think it was perfect for this movie. Um, I think it's a little boring at times, um, just like most Sorkin stuff is. Um, but I think the, I think the performances alone made it at least watchable. If, if I'm putting a score to it, probably a seven, a nice seven. Um, I wish they would have done a little bit more on uh, some of their history rather than, you know, dramatizing three different events in, in their marriage um, that occurred. Uh, so yeah, those were the, you know, two things I watched. Um, uh, like I said, I had forgotten that I didn't have HBO Max anymore when I went to watch <laughs> Matrix. Um, so I didn't get to watch that this week, so I may not watch that after seeing some of the reviews that came out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was kind of, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, this was the movies that I was, uh, said I didn't want to spoil in the last episode. Um, you know, that, that, uh, I was pretty, um, sure I was going to see before this episode. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what you, uh, thought in your short watching of it. Okay. 
Yeah, so I watched I watched actually a few movies that I'm remembering now. Um, but there were two movies that I watched part of the way through. First one, I'm just going to jump on that, uh, being the Ricardos. And you said it was boring, and I felt that. Um, Nicole Kidman's really good in it. Javier Bardem is fine. He's miscast. Um, It's just, I know, you know, Lucy was girl boss, original girl boss and like shit like that. And they, they do that well in this movie, but like, she was also funny. Yeah. This movie's not funny at all. It's like really dry. Um, It's quippy. Like everybody's got their quips, but it's not funny. And that's kind of what it was like. All right. Um, it's 1130. Let's go to bed. And I was like, not, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna revisit this movie. That's eventually what happened. We're just like, all right, that's it. Second movie we did that too was Disney's Encanto, the oh, new God. Disney release. Uh, I think this is another Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, written uh, Disney movie. I did not, did not connect with it at all. Yeah. The songs fell flat for me. The, the story was needlessly convoluted. Uh, it like this, we turned this off to watch being the Ricardos, which we then eventually turned off. So over two. two, it was back to back. So that was a little disappointing. Uh, the three I did wind up watching besides I did watch all of Hawkeye, which yeah. I liked a lot. Um, but the three movies I watched was eight bit Christmas. I actually watched previous to the previous episode, um, which I really liked. Um, if you have J- HBO max, it's a really fun watch. It's very Christmas story-esque about um, Neil Patrick Harris basically telling his daughter about the lengths he went through to get uh, an original Nintendo Entertainment System in 1987. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, heartfelt. Got some nostalgia in there as well, but not not too over the top in terms of like just, uh, hey, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Um, that was fun. The second movie I watched was Shiva Baby, which was an independent movie. It's, a, it's like a it's like a clean 75 minutes. Which, you know, I love I love a short movie about this girl that's like in college, but she's kind of also uh, doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life. So she winds up uh, on a sugar baby app where she starts, uh, you know, fucking dudes for money. And then she winds up at a Shiva. And not only does her ex-girlfriend show up, but also the guy that she is her sugar daddy that her parents know. Pretty it's like fun, kind of uh, anxious sort of movie. Um, very New York type movie, but it was good. Um, you know, if you're into like smaller movies, that's not a bad one. And then the third one that I watched was Pig. I watched Pig yesterday, which I enjoyed. Um, I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies of the year, but it was a good movie. Nicolas Cage was really good in it. Um, I had very like the marketing was kind of all over the place on that one. So it was a very different movie. Even I knew going into it, it wasn't going to be the movie that it kind of seemed like it was going to be. But um, yeah, that was good, too. I watched Were you Pig. expecting it to be more of a John Wick kind of? So movie? I I knew not to go in expecting that because that's right. what I had heard. I had heard like because I'd watched the trailer ahead of it before I watched it. And I was like, this is. It's not so much coming off like John Wick, but you could see why people would think that. And it almost goes in that direction, too. Like, it seems to go in that direction at first, and then it kind of just stops going in that direction altogether. Yeah. Um, I, 
it's really sad. It's a sad fucking movie. It is surprising. I wasn't expecting it to be sad, but it's it's well done in the way that it's sad. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about loss of all sorts. Um, everybody's just really unhappy in it. <laughs> it is kind of it's a downer, but again, yeah. I think it's it's a way to cope with. Right. That's essentially that what it is. It's everybody. Everybody is coping with some sort of loss in one way yeah. or another. And this is it's a movie about how these people are all coping with their own losses. Um, but it was good. And I don't really have much more to talk about in terms of those. Yeah, unless you right. guys wanted to talk about Hawkeye. I, I, yeah. I just had a real quick because I don't want to spoil much in Hawkeye. Um, but uh, I have to say I was I was mentioning to Dan and I think, you know, to you off air, trying not to spoil it for you. but. Um, I think my favorite parts of the show, and maybe it's just my gravitation to this character, was any of the one-on-one scenes that Yelena had um, in it. Um, they did a really good job of just letting it breathe uh, for the mm-hmm. most part, um, which is, you know, they didn't uh, rush any of it. And I think the physical comedy that she brings to the role is um, very much the energy needed after the way, you know, uh, you know ScarJo didn't have much of that. In, in her um thing i uh, just the just the little scenes between her you know whacking the um kate bishop's arm away in the elevator um it's just just that timing uh and stuff i i really enjoyed that was my favorite part about the second half of the season um was just when they dove into that and i agree with dan's sentiment about um uh, or sediment um not not rocks um is is how much better some of these uh, superheroes movies are when they don't have the powers um, to just ground them um, in like some kind of like real type of story. Um, and that if I had them fight gangsters and, and not like space aliens and, and just the, you know, the very realistic um, attempt to ground it as much as you can um, with a guy who's just really good at shooting arrows um, is, um, you know, is essentially uh, his power. And her power, um, uh, but yeah, I hundred percent agree. After watching the series, that that was probably my favorite part of the overall six episodes was just that they kept it kept it very, um, uh, you know, more realistic in terms of what they were dealing with than any of the other shows um, that have been on there. But I don't know what Dan starts are. The show. Uh, real quick, yeah, I again, I just I enjoyed uh, how it's. Daredevil, Batman, that kind of show where, you know, again, I've, I've spoken about it on the podcast before. Not everything needs to be about aliens or global conquest. Obviously, super pumped that Vincent D'Onofrio's character's back, uh, tying in with Spider-Man No Way Home's Matt Murdock coming back. Um, yeah, I thought it was a—it had some good tie-ins to the Hawkeye comic. Um, yeah, and I, I think—I don't know if they're going to— I think they probably will do another Hawkeye season. I'm not sure, but if not, I, I think they did a good job with it. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. It's one of my favorite Disney Plus series right now. I, I'd say probably third favorite. I, I like Loki and I might, um, WandaVision. I might actually put this above Loki for me. I, I like the idea of yeah. what Loki is leading into. Uh, th- this was just this. This was a lot of fun, though, and uh, surprisingly much better than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I haven't seen Loki, so I'd probably put this right behind One Division. Um, it's like planes, trains, and automobiles, but just yeah. with yeah. Russian mobsters. 
he's just trying to get yeah. home for Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll, yeah. also, it's not Thanksgiving, so yeah, don't yeah. come in the comments. Yeah, the uh, the tracksuit mafia might might be one of my favorite villains because <laughs> they they're just so dumb and it's so great. Um, not in terms of like threat to the heroes, but just the idea of that uh, that mm. group of villains um, and the callbacks um, that they have in the last episode with one of the tracksuit guys might have been one of my favorite callbacks um, uh, in that they've done in these Marvel shows. So sure, yeah. Uh, Haley Steinfeld was really good. Uh, Florence Pugh was really good. Jeremy Renner's fine. Uh, like I, I shit on Jeremy Renner. He was good. He, like, but it's. It, it, he wasn't the reason why I enjoyed the show so much. Um, but, uh, you know, I like him in other things. He's really good in Wind River. <laughs> I, I love that movie. I, I think that's a surprisingly good movie. Yeah. Very, uh, a very tight movie, right? I think yeah. that's like an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's uh, got Elizabeth Olsen, too. So there you go. Another connection. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the, the banter between Kate and, and Clint, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, introducing how, like how they especially in the earlier episodes, how they introduce the, the loss of hearing and how they play that into the, the story. The, the Hank Pym particles, uh, that was awesome. Again, I, and I, just, I like how, I, again, it's insane the amount of detail that Feige puts into these shows and how they're all leading into something else. And it's on a level that I can't even fathom. <laughs> the detail, it's insanity. So it's it's another... And I, I don't want to say master class, obviously, because then I'd be like fanboying out here. But <laughs> I, I think you just got to give credit where credit's due that you can continue to keep this going for as long as they have. Sure. All right. Uh, that's all we watched this week. So we're going to take a quick break and listen to some ads so we can pay those bills and we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. We got an interesting episode this week. Um, this was Dan's pick and he picked. <laughs> Something we've never done before. So, uh, Dan, why don't you introduce this week's movie, if you want to call it that? Gladly. I would. I don't know what made me think of this, <laughs> but it holds a special connection to me. And I think I've told this story on the podcast, but for new listeners or, you know, just to, you know, give you a, a recap, a refresher. Uh, when I was young... I, I don't want to say how old I was because I don't remember exactly how old I was. Uh, I, I should actually... Uh, well, here's a question. Where did you see them? I saw them at Radio City Music Hall. So it was 1990. Okay. So it was the opening night. So Correct. October 7th. You saw it either between somewhere between September 26th, 1990 and October 7th, 1990. Right. So that would have made me three years old. Three years old. Three years old. So the, the reason why I, I say that, like I didn't know how old I was because... The reason why this is so important to me or holds a special place in my heart, my dad took me to see what we're about to cover. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shell tour. And this is the making of that tour. And this was my my gift for potty training as, as a three-year-old. <laughs> and now I, I'm, I was reluctant to say that. I don't remember how old you're supposed to be by the time you're potty trained. I have no idea. Okay. And so, if I was a, if I was a, a father, I would probably have an a, an answer to that, but I am not. Yeah, th- none of us are fathers on this podcast, so I don't want to like. Is it embarrassing? I don't know because it's like, oh, you should be doing that by two or you know, like one and a half two. Like, yo, this guy three years old, like a grown up, practically. 
Yeah, but uh, just, just like you eat, Dan, you just take your time. I, I, that is true. Everything in life, I, I'm definitely the tortoise to most people's hair. Um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, surprising tortoise. Um, yeah, so this is not a really a movie. It's it's a documentary, quote-unquote. It's bas- it's the making of this. T- and it, I, up until now, I only thought it was at Radio City Music Hall because that's what the making of shows. But this was a legit tour. They they went to forty cities. Yeah, yeah, a uh, long time, a long uh, tour. Uh, what about you, Mark? Where you come from? Yeah. So as I said to Dan personally in a in a text, um, after watching the first ten minutes of, because I actually watched the parts of the actual show more than as as well as the making of that. After the first ten minutes, that I his dad was more of a saint than I even knew. Um, for sitting through this movie, especially with a kid that's three years old and he was taking the chance that the kid would ever even remember this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and sitting through the garbage that I had watched for 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I had heard about this, obviously being a big Turtles fan myself, um, but I don't know. They probably came to Philadelphia, but I had no recollection of even wanting to go. And I was, you know, a year or two older than Dan. Um at the time but yeah this um this movie or i should say the performance was so ill-conceived um and it had no real comprehension of where it wanted to go and the making of was even worse i was i think the word i thought of in my head was um that i was like i was very allergic to that documentary because as much as i watch wrestling and the whole kayfabe thing um, this was just like insulting your intelligence level of that. Um, and it was just like, dude, this making of would have been so much cooler if you just like told us the actual story of making this show, um, rather than trying to make the turtles seem real. Um, and you know, just going like, Hey, you know, it took us six weeks to like get, you know, the costumes, right. Or the mute, you know, the mute, you know, just that stuff would have been a lot better of a making of, but. I guess at the time they were just trying to sell the videos, um, you know, more than actual uh, making a good documentary. I would watch a good documentary about this. It is very intriguing what the decision was to do this at the height of their popularity um, uh, sort of thing. Like, how was it pitched and all that? Um, But yeah, the documentary was terrible. Um, uh, And I love the fact that Pizza Hut just had to get um, one up on Domino's, even though I think Domino's is the one in the movie, right? Correct. In the, yeah. the first movie, at in least. In the first movie, yeah. Um, and then just, just that whole thing. You know, that guy did not want to be there, the Pizza Hut guy um, in the documentary. Um, he's just like, oh, okay, we're paying for Okay, my, I guess we have to do this because we're paying for it. Um, you know, part of it. But yeah, Dan, um, I thought the holiday episode thing was really bad of turtles, like just trying to cash grab. Um, this this whole thing was kind of ridiculous. Um, just the sheer fact that there were many parts of this show that I don't even know how they thought a kid would like it. Um, and it, basically anything that did not involve the turtles <laughs> was mm-hmm. like really, really poorly conceived. Uh, but yeah, that I... It was lower than the expectations I had going in, which somehow hard with this. 
Okay. Uh, Mark, to answer your question, they did come to Philadelphia. December 27th through December 31st of 1990, they played at the Philadelphia Civic Center. Well, there you go. That time frame explains why my family had no idea it was. um, (laughs) Could have been a good Christmas present. The Mummers Parade more than anything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As for me, uh, I am glad I asked Dan what we were watching because I almost watched the full 90 minute coming out of their shells uh, video on on YouTube. Uh, But instead, we watched this 30 minute uh, fake documentary that was still quite padded (laughs) to get the 30 minutes. Uh, I did not. I I was into Turtles in 1990. I must have been because that's when the movie came out. Um, But I was not into this. Uh, There's one story I remember when I was a kid. We had I had a friend named Kyle. Kyle. Um, he had the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Tur- Ninja Turtles or one of them come to his birthday party. <laughs> and we were like five. And days after or weeks after we were playing and, you know, he was talking about how the Ninja Turtle came to his birthday party. And I said, <laughs> well, that wasn't the Ninja Turtle. That was a guy in a suit. <laughs> and it's totally ruined. I <laughs> ruined his world. Like we stopped being friends oh. at five years old because I was just like, no, it's just a guy in a suit. The uh, Ninja Turtles aren't real. And he got so upset. And to this day, I'm still kind of, like a little sad for myself for doing that. But I was five. <laughs> yeah, you were in. I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad. But also. Also, I just knew. I don't know why I knew at five, but I guess I don't know. Is that it, something you know at five? Yeah, the uh, I don't know. That's surprising, to be honest. A five-year-old knowing <laughs> knowing the difference. I guess it, you, you're just you. You grew so much faster than the rest of us. I, I potty trained it too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You knew it. <laughs> yeah, you're you were just brutally honest with the truth even at a young age, and yeah. <laughs> You you just you and, and now you delight in ruining people's lives at a young age. And now you're now and you've graduated to telling ten year olds on Twitch to uh, eat the rich and that billionaires shouldn't exist. Exactly. That, you know, it's a slippery that's, slope. That, that's how Total it's done. Billionaires. Uh, I will say that some of these songs are about as good as late stage Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> who who is brought up in the making of this? By the way. <laughs> Like Count on Us is better than a lot of their songs like post ninety one. I no joke. I am not being facetious here. I love that song. <laughs> I play that song on on the way home from work someday. Uh, I love it. It's this uh, I I can't believe we watched this for an episode, to be honest. Because <laughs> well again, people, we're not talking about the uh, the tour video we're talking about the making of the tour video there are moments where i thought this was going to be this is spinal tap but just with the ninja turtles there's a moment where they're like getting ready to go on stage i thought they were going to do the whole they're going to rip off the bit where they get lost they can't find their way to the stage 100 percent thought that was going to happen i wish it did yeah that would have been better was that the part where they have to be helped onto the stage? <laughs> Maybe it, it was really early in the video where I was just yeah, like, "Oh yeah, are they gonna are, are they gonna like get lost?" Because this is like the exact setup to this is Spinal Tap, where they're just like rock and roll. Oh wait, no, we <laughs> went the wrong way. <laughs> Let's get it. 
bodacious. <laughs> that, that's this movie is thirty minutes of them just saying those buzzwords at totally inopportune times. <laughs> And it's yeah. them talking like, and then we decided that we should play the music. And then, you know, we 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 practiced and we got everything ready. Totally radical. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Where is this coming from? And th- this movie restates the same points over and over again. All about how they decided to, there's better ways to get their point across besides vi- like uh, violence with music. Yeah. Put that into your music. But yeah. They say it like nine nine people say it. <laughs> yeah, and they they mention that they're they're athletic and they they channel that athleticism into their music. I don't think that's a thing that's ever been done. I don't know. Yeah, the that is a very early '90s, late '80s thing of you know trying to discourage kids from violence. Yeah, and sure, sure, I get it. Yeah, it's it, it was a very shoddy performance. The the costumes are terrible. They're probably I, I would say a very Turtle Christmas costumes are worse uh, because they're they're like practically falling apart. Yeah, these ones are just they're not good though. They're, they mm. I think they were trying to go for a kiss type of look, right? Like the, yeah, yeah. They have certain shapes on their bandanas. Like I think Leonardo has like the Star Trek symbol on. Him. On his uh, his bandana, I think it's it's either Raph or Michelangelo has the star over the eye, right? Yeah, well, I think Michelangelo does. Yeah, for some reason the color correction, I couldn't tell the difference between the two of those in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And actually, right. in the, in the documentary, they they have a different uh, design than what eventually uh, would be on stage because in the documentary they have their shells. Okay. Yeah. On the stage performances, they don't have their shells. They have the the jean vests. That's so right. it's a little different because <laughs> apparently, <laughs> because apparently, uh, I don't know if it was during dress rehearsals or the first performance that possibly Dan was in attendance for. Two of them passed out because they were too hot <laughs> with the shells and doing the dancing. So they had they took off the shells and they gave him like they gave them grunge looks. Basically, those yeah. like put the jacket, the vests on, and then like uh, flannels around their waist was their initial uh, their design after that. But yeah, um, <laughs> they're they're bedazzled essentially. Yeah, and they do they do have like the glitter on them too. Yeah, uh, this is yeah. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to. Talk. This movie is. It's a Dan. You you gave us a gift in our first episode of 2021 with RoboCop, and this one you you decided you got to even things out. You got to yeah, average that out. Yeah, um, I couldn't go. I couldn't do that again. I couldn't give that uh, give us two good movies. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a half hour, so I'm not really complaining. Um, right. But I don't really know where we go with it. Well, I I wanted to kind of talk about. You know, like so, 1990. Obviously, the the movie comes out in 1990, right? The the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out, I think. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, uh, took the world by storm. It was the biggest at that point. It was the it was the biggest success for an indie movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And like, you have the cartoons, you have the comic books, and you know, obviously, the if I don't know if you guys read the comic books. But they're they're very dark. They're much darker than right. the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, very violent. You mean, like they... you mean cooler? No. <laughs> right, gritty. <laughs> um, Zack Snyder taking notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. They. I mean, they they kill Shredder in the first comic book because they didn't know what you know. They didn't know it was going to catch on. So it, it was just you know this is it. 
and to see how they evolved from it do you ever see the meme about how we have like chihuahuas now and how their ancestors are are wolves mm-hmm. like the 1984 comic is the wolf and the coming out of their shells tour is the chihuahua there's there's, <laughs> there's no bark they're very very pathetic I, I so i wanted to kind of talk about you know what what we thought about the turtles and if you had any any parts of this that kind of stood out to you the making of sure i know there was a couple that stood out to me um <laughs> sure it's it's a very silly concept what we watched yeah and uh go ahead I, I was gonna say i think it would have been way better if they had done a spinal this is spinal tap kind of yeah. making of that they took this as serious as a car or a car wreck yeah <laughs> uh so uh, I just have I have some notes. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour making of video was directed by David Saperstein, writer of Cocoon. Uh, stars Bryant Arnett, Bob Bahan, Billy Briff, Mark Friedman, Stephen Lieber, David Novak, Adrian Selby, Thomas White, Bo Allen, Marcus Ennis, and Sherry Renee Scott. Basically, everybody's playing themselves. Has an IMDb score of three point nine. Uh, so a little backstory, Bob Bahan was a Broadway for performer who had an idea to bring pop popular music to Broadway, which in the 1980s was not something very common. He wrote, writes a play called Strides that doesn't do well, but it connects him with to Godfrey Nelson, who's an aspiring composer. They form a partnership and Bahan gets the idea to do something with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles after he reads the graphic novel, but before the movie comes out. From there, they wrote four songs and started cold calling people. They start call- they start by calling Eastman and Laird, the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and immediately they love the idea to license the brand out. So then they call Steve Lieber, a financier, to write a check for $50,000 for licensing fees. And then they call three pizza corporations, Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Little Caesars, ultimately landing a deal with Pizza Hut for $9 million to sponsor the album and the show. Bahan provided the singing voice of Michelangelo, and Nelson provided the singing voice of Splinter. Those are my notes. All I got. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's more than I knew about this. Again, I thought this was just a one show, uh, one performance show. Yeah. Uh, the one the one moment that sticks out of my head was when they're talking about how they had to uh, fit the the instruments for oh, the turtles. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the giant keys. And is is it Donatello that's playing the one string bass or Leonardo? Uh, Leonardo plays the one string bass. <laughs> Donatello plays the keyboard guitar with the extra sized keys. They're yeah. the reg- They're just regular sized keys. I thought they were. I, I thought they were like big old keys. They they looked regular sized to me. They might have been. <laughs> they just looked like regular. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and R- Raphael plays these like two drum thing. They're like. African drums, actually. Yeah. But somehow was... you're getting the bass out of it. <laughs> that was a scene that stuck out for me, was that. Because it, it, so, it was so stupid to watch him play one-string bass. <laughs> yeah, and he's getting, obviously, more than one note out of it. Yeah. It's not how it works. Clearly. Just wailing. Wailing on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, that's, during, that's during the recording, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. And the the, uh, the producer and the sound engineer, you could see them in the glass, like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bopping their heads. Oh, we again. They, they're so. The whole point of it is to make it seem like the Ninja Turtles are real. They're gonna take the world by storm. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys win a Grammy. Seriously. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, it's Grammy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Don't 
I know this is for kids, but please don't treat us like we're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, now we have you on, on camera saying these stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. I, I, another part that stuck out to me was uh, they're, they're going through the making of the set and like what it takes to, I guess, put the concert together. And it's being followed by the turtles. So like Donatello is going up to the stage, like the crew, and they're building the stage, and he's like handing the guy a uh, like a, a plug or something, like a, a cord, and he high fives the guy. This this <laughs> poor guy's just trying to work, and he's being accosted by a man in a turtle suit. And the 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 sound engineer is being questioned by Leonardo, like, oh, that's great. Is it actually gonna work? Yeah, goddamn it, it's gonna work. This is my job, all right? I'm a union Whoa. worker. I'm a union worker. <laughs> I can't believe I'm being roped into this. I have yeah. to tell a giant well, man in a turtle suit, yes, this is going to work. Well, who are we kidding, Dan? This wasn't a union job. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Again, like that stuck out to me. The uh, Beatles playing on top of uh, Abbey Road Studios part got me pretty good. Yeah. Right, the, the turtles are playing on, on top, top of Radio. Radio City Music Hall. Probably to no music. And <laughs> people are just walking by. Oh, what? All right, great. The, I... I would have been more excited about a making of the Rock of Fire explosion than this documentary. Just the, <laughs> the Chuck E. Cheese band, for those that don't know the original name. Um, oh. um, than, than this. But um, the thing, the only thing that could have made, because I actually watched part of the performance, the actual show, because I'd never seen it before. And I just wanted to experience a little bit of it. Um, besides the soft rock solo by Splinter, which was completely... Like, they thought kids would like this? Um, that sounded like a bunch of adults that just wanted to see something, not thinking of their audience. Um, was that I think if they would have had a couple original songs, like the, the two good songs, like the beginning song and, and um, it, you know the name, the song you really like, Dan. Um, uh, count on Us. Count on Us. <laughs> just had those bookend the show, but did, like, covers in the middle. Um, but that would have been more expensive than this show cost, but... You know, you could have done some popular songs these kids knew, you know, or maybe even sang the Ninja Turtles theme song. But I don't know, like timing wise, you know, um, any of this. But the the wildest thing in the actual show outside of Shredder's costume was ridiculous. Um, it looked like it was made by like a mom trying to make you an out Halloween costume. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bad <laughs> sort of effort um, is they during the intermission part. Um, when they interview the kids about trying to find out where the turtles are because Shredder came and the kids are like, they're in the sewers. And the, <laughs> the interview guy is, the interview guy is like, but where's the sewers? I don't know where they are. You know, like, and I'm just like, oh, this guy, um, I, I, they didn't pay that guy enough to do that. Or maybe they paid him too much. It's, um, I, I was thinking how many careers has the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles not helped? And there's a bunch in this making of video. Yeah. I can't just... imagine any of the performers made it anywhere past coming out of their shells tour. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was expecting to see like a, going back to my thing I mentioned a couple episodes ago, um, when I watched that Cybermania 94, I was looking for like a Will Arnett moment in that, where it was just like before anybody did anything, it's like, oh, April O'Neil was played by like this, like character actress, you know, right? you know, sort of thing. Like, oh, that's weird. Um, well, the but, guy that played the interviewer was David Ruprecht, who hosted Supermarket Sweep in 1990. Yeah. I, I, I thought corrected. that was him, but I didn't want to <laughs> be like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's a Supermarket Sweep guy. And Ant would go, but actually, it's not. 
um, well, it, you know, because he's not real or something. <laughs> he's, he's, he's wanted to be that. <laughs> oh, let me tell you about my seventh birthday when I had to break news to him. <laughs> they don't get to keep the super the stuff from Supermarket Sweep. It's not and, a real grocery store. And just doling out truths. Um, <laughs> your parents have to sit down with you like, Aunt, listen, you can't keep dropping truth bombs on people. You're never going to make any friends. Olmec's oh, not a real Aztec god. It's just someone no. with a puppet. <laughs> you're, you're lying. It's not a real hidden temple. Some Nickelodeon backlot. <laughs> but yeah, the like I said, the making of thing is just maybe I've been too... Um, uh, spoiled by the most more recent wrestling documentaries that um, any documentary that's very, um, uh, you know, taking the things seriously that are not real. Um, just, yeah, I didn't like it from like the first moment um, of this, as soon as it wasn't what I thought it would be. Uh, but, and I'm a huge Turtles fan, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all were growing up. So can you imagine because at one point in one scene in this movie, there's like an executive producer of you know some record label and he's basically saying that these these turtles could be as big as like acdc or aerosmith yeah. can you imagine being one of those bands and hearing that <laughs> get the fuck out of here am i being compared to teenage ninja turtles i'm a rock <laughs> god yeah. yeah which one of us has a roller coaster not the turtles not the turtles yeah <laughs> And so I, I was reading that, you know, th so this tour lasted pretty much a year, I, I want to say. It went from September 90 to June 91. So only short of a year. Yep. But then they were doing like smaller tours, like they were doing basically uh, shopping malls and theme parks. And that's really what this should have been at yeah. all time. Yeah. Should have just like regulated to theme parks and, sh and shopping malls. That's yeah. all you needed to do. A six flag show. Exactly. Yeah. That. That's exactly what this should have been. And I, I wish I, because, and I know you said you couldn't find any numbers on this. I wish I knew how well it did. Yeah. I, again, it went to 40 cities. So I, yeah. I, who knows how many times it played because it's right. It's multiple showings per city. Yeah. So, it's like four or five days in a city. Yeah. It's, it's probably a lot. doing some, some days, probably two shows a night. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, yeah. And this is a, right. Turtles was a billion dollar industry, I'd imagine. Right, from merchandise and revenue and all all that other like um, TV revenue, and all that. Yeah. Uh, comic books. Uh, I I think I read twenty in twenty twenty they I forget who sold the toy, but they released the coming out of their shells action figures like I guess commemorative. Okay. Who would have bought that? <laughs> Do you think even like hardcore turtle fans would? I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Uh, someone who's three-year-old is just potty train. <laughs> if you if you go to the bathroom, I'll buy you these action figures. Jeez, talk about a great incentive. Again, Mark, you you alluded to like my dad being a saint. Jesus Christ, I can only imagine what was going through my dad's mind watching this drivel in Radio City. He he took a day off, and he worked in the city. He took a day off to go back into the city. Brave the crowds of hundreds, like thousands of screaming kids to take three-year-old me, who doesn't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, w watching some of the show, I, I do recall, like, the, they had the surfboard, like, uh, was it Tubing, I think is one of, or Tubin is one yeah. of the songs. I remember that. I, I 
don't remember anything else. Like very, yeah. very minimal part. There's and... a Jeopardy moment, apparently. Sure. You could like, say what, what's, what's the most it was like what's what's the most famous line a turtle will say? And then two of them do the Jeopardy song. Uh, oh da, da, da. Yeah. Okay. Do so, like Michelangelo happen to answer the question? I think it turns out to be I think you can guess it. Um I can't. Calabunga? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shredder has a really bad line, like, oh, this is my party, and I'll make you cry if I want to. Yeah. yeah so cringy. Yeah, it was it was great. But um yeah, the, the I think I think more your dad's thing was finally like, oh fuck, I or thank God I don't have to do diapers anymore. I wonder, <laughs> was, I wonder if he was banking on me never getting potty trained. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just gonna keep using diapers. It's fine. I don't have to worry about this. He's like, I will take this kid anywhere as long as I don't have to change another goddamn diaper again. <laughs> like he stepped his game up. So like, what am I gonna do when I have a kid? There's no. As far as I know, there's no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, concerts going on anymore. What's that? Disney on Ice. Oh, Christ. I mean, that's love, man. There's no truer form of love than what my dad did for me. Taking (laughs) me to see this crap. Taking me to see Ernest Scared Stupid. That's pretty good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid Ernest. (laughs) (laughs) And there's what the making of doesn't tell you is that there's an actual story to this concert. Yeah. And it's very it's a very uh silly story obviously because it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but essentially the turtles decide they want to go on tour. They're they're trying to uh, use their influence to help kids, you know, live the straight and narrow through music and not violence and all that. And Shredder has a deharmonic convergence converter. That's a fucking sentence right there uh using the device he steals all the music in the world so now the turtles have to get it back through the power of song i guess uh, there, there's there no fighting a, in it there is a part in this where they cut to like a news broadcast of people like oh all the radio stations have gone to talk only format um, <laughs> only am radio and there's a uh, there's a guy in the background in the video which actually i'll take this this might be my favorite part there's a guy in the background of the news report. Um, he has a guitar in his hand and he's looking at it and he's kicking the guitar box. Over <laughs> well, just because there's no music in the world doesn't mean you don't know how to use this instrument. Right? <laughs> you don't become an idiot. <laughs> I, I, only, I only laugh because his direction was probably like, all right, all the music is gone. You're a street performer playing the guitar. Go. Right. And this is what he came up with. What is this thing? <laughs> What so, am I? I have a question about the yeah. the the canon of this story okay. because the documentary supposes that the turtles are real. Yes. Does that mean that the shredder in the performance is real? He would have and to. And is he plan is he planned to be a part of this? So is Shredder a willing participant in this live show? It, is is it like is it the is the the Super Mario three conundrum? Where uh, no you know, how, how Mo, Miyamoto says that it's just a play right. that they're doing. It's not, you know, an actual. So I, I think because it's shown in the documentary, right? The making of it's shown that Shredder does show up, but he's yeah. never right. interviewed. But <laughs> so it it yeah. happens in the play. Or it happens in the show. So every every night. Yes. So they must know about it. So he therefore must be a willing participant. <laughs> yeah, he, he just follows them from city to city. 
Right, along with April, who is knowingly going to get kidnapped. Yeah, she's because a, she's a national reporter. Right. That's right. Because yeah, because it this it, they've decided that this is that the turtles are real, and they're and they've decided to put on a show. Everything we see in the live show is the turtles putting on a show. So that's she gets kidnapped, and that that's and Shredder is there, according to the logic of this documentary. Yeah. Yeah. This is all according to plan. <laughs> right. So they're allowing it to happen. That That's not a good, I guess, in the long scheme of things, that's not a good message to send to the kids, right? Like We know this is going to happen. There's nothing we could, like, we could stop this at any point, but we don't <laughs> want to because it's a show now. Right. It's and a kid, I mean, unless, unless Shredder's... Anthony's running around telling everybody, <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> Shredder's, eyes, Shredder's got a SAG card, apparently. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The um the the other great part from watching this is that um April O'Neil is the only like real human person in this, depending on how you feel about Shredder. I would say Shredder's um, in right. Uh, <laughs> what about the supermarket sweep guy? <laughs> yeah, but my He's point was being that for some reason it seemed like the costume designers did not know how to dress a woman of April's age. Like, it looked like it was just a yellow jacket to be like, hey, remember the yellow jacket thing? And then it was like, it looked like sweatpants that she had on. Yeah, I think they, they're trying different looks for yeah. these characters. And I'm uh, like, I know it's going to be hard to dress the turtles, but this is an actual human woman. Right. <laughs> look, you, you can dress her normally. Yeah, she doesn't need to look weird. You're, it's a good point. I think it's really, again, it's the 90s. It's 1990. So yeah. we haven't. We, as a, uh, a country, didn't know how to dress yet, really, let alone dressing turtles. <laughs> so we were, we were still trying to find our um, our, our sense of style. And yeah. yeah, it's it's not none of the people in this have good looks. It's, yeah, it's an the, abomination. Yeah, at least the supermarket sweep guy had a tux. Yeah, <laughs> right. Dressed um, to the nines. I did some more research uh, regarding the soundtrack. The soundtrack was in record stores, but you could also get a copy at Pizza Hut, free with the purchase of any large one-topping pizza and a commemorative collector's cup. And in 2019, they released a seven-inch single on Record Store Day for Pizza Power. Oh, I missed you could it. Get. You could buy it on eBay. Probably running about 12 to $15. Oh. I'm, I don't even own a record player, and I'd I get this. Just <laughs> I know I'm getting you for your birthday. There you go. Coming up. Now, this was, uh, and I, I would be eternally grateful to that. No, no joke. If you got that for me, I, I would give you the biggest hug. Uh, <laughs> and um, another part that stuck out to me was the press conference that they held. And it's just a bunch of screaming kids just yelling the turtles' names. Donatello! <laughs> Michelangelo! Like, all right, yeah, we, oh, I hear you kids. <laughs> They pieced out like after 30 seconds too. <laughs> They're like, all right, that's our time. Bye. <laughs> right. like, yeah, there's paparazzi there. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to the, the, the Pizza Hut CEO is there. Like, we're going to we're going to drive the biggest uh marketing campaign ever for this. And you know, we are going full force. And here are the turtles, and then these idiots just come out spouting out their catchphrases. Cowabunga, radical. Like, and then it's such a farce. Like, as an adult, can you imagine having to... And we've asked this question already. Uh, someone tells you, you need to get on that stage as a CEO 
and pander to these children who don't give a <laughs> shit that you're there. Yeah. They just want to see yeah. these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you have to play this deadly series. <laughs> That's what it's money wild. does to people. 90s were a wild time. It was, um, yeah. All right. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Coming out of our shells, pizza power, or count on us. <laughs> so, all right. Say, all right. So, uh, it's pizza power. Coming, coming out of our out shells. Of our shells. And count on us. All right. Pizza Power actually made it into the uh, Turtles at a Time video game, if you know that. Uh, I did, only because it says so on the Wikipedia. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I thought that was interesting. So it had a little bit of a lasting effect because that game is fucking great. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm killing coming out of our shells. I, I really want to fuck <laughs> count on us. <laughs> I didn't really care how that sentence ended. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, oh man, that's my fucking jam, man. I, I've, I, I, like, no joke to you, I've played that with Jen in the car, and I fucking belt that song, man. <laughs> Was that, like, top Spotify unwrapped in 2021? <laughs> it's, it's just, it just count on us. That's the only song I played. Um, You're the point of zero zero one percent the uh eastman and laird are like who is this guy <laughs> um yeah i mean i gotta all right so coming out of shells i'm killing pizza power i'll marry but i won't it'll be a loveless marriage it'll just be you know hi bye what's for dinner uh we pizza and yeah then i'm 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 leaving the house i'm going over to count on us and I'm just i'm ready <laughs> mark do you have uh a, a, a way in or is this <laughs> Out of your pay grade. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel strong enough about any of them <laughs> to do this. Um, can I can I kill them all? Um, <laughs> Just send uh, over your account on us to me and we'll have them another. <laughs> um, but yeah, the to be honest, these three songs were the only ones that felt like it fit in the show. Um, because the rest of them, like the rapping bit, I don't know what song that was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was terrible. Splitter's solo is terrible. Then there's a whole thing with the villain singing, I think. And I'm like, these kids aren't like, they're not here to see this. Like the kids were booing, yeah. you know, like in the show. Um, it was just, it was insane. Like, it seemed like it was adults who wanted to write a Broadway show, um, about the turtles and forgot that only kids would come see it. Yeah. And, I like yeah. Um, I was gonna say, like I said at the top of the show, uh, they wrote four songs initially. I'm assuming these three are three of the four coming out yeah. of the shells. Pete's Power, Count on Us, are probably the three that they, three of the four, and then they had to fill out for an entire show. Um, I'm, I'm assuming the fourth one might have been Shredder's song because that sounds like a thing they would do. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, if Shredder's going to show up, he needs a song, right? But the rest of the songs were like, oh boy, and that was another thing in the documentary. Like, oh, they do. All- these genres of music that's right uh, you know <laughs> they have rap they have a uh like a surfing ballad rock music yeah they yeah. really pump these turtles up man it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> they're sucking them off like crazy in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh, I've, I've never heard anything like this really then you don't deserve to be at a record label <laughs> sir that's that's oh, why man. you're that's why you're being released what's crazy is that this was sold separately from the tour video you had to buy two VHS cup to watch both. I think I just this. had this. I didn't even have the. Uh, the you didn't even have. Video. You had the making of video. I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh but man, that's. I had the cassette of the tour. 
Okay. Get the soundtrack. Yeah, this was the. Yeah, I had the soundtrack, but this was the video I had. Was 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 that like uh, subconsciously your dad going, "I don't ever want to see that shit again." <laughs> you can listen to it, but I don't want those visuals but, in my brain anymore. So I got I got both my parents because my dad took me to see it, and my mom, who would drive me everywhere, had to listen to the soundtrack. So. <laughs> Both of them, not, neither of them were safe from my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle love. It, it's I, really scary how much I enjoyed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Uh, I have, I now have a road trip idea. Um, I'm looking up the information about the soundtrack. And a single was released, it says. It's extremely hard to find. However, some dine-in pizza huts that have jukeboxes had the single to promote the soundtrack and tour. I kind of need to find a Pizza Hut that still has a jukebox <laughs> and see if they have it. Is it the uh, is it the sing about it? It has. Or... It's coming out of our shells rock version, oh. as well as count on us dance mix performed by all four turtles. Oh, th- this is our this is our Blues Brothers moment. God damn, maybe I'm gonna reach out to Pizza Hut via Twitter and see if we can find one. Oh, dude, that what a way to start off 2022, folks. <laughs> <laughs> on with a quest that's, that's how you do it you you we are on a quest now yep to find a shitty single if you're listening to this if you're listening yep. to this and you have a pizza hut by you and you don't mind going and frequenting a pizza hut go in there find out if they have a jukebox and let us know if turtles coming out of their shell tours on that should be coming out of our shells or and count on us on there so now this is almost like the last blockbuster in a mm-hmm. right. There's that one stand, that one standing blockbuster in like Michigan, right? That that gets all of this uh, publicity. So now we need to turn our attention to this Pizza Hut that has a jukebox in it. Yep. <laughs> get that on the ra- uh, get that on the news. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I think that 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 is a as worthy a cause as any for us. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm gonna um, send them a tweet now. I have a question for you guys and yeah. essentially you know uh anthony you weren't here for a very turtle christmas that was i believe nope. that was just mark and i yep so we covered a very turtle christmas we covered coming out of their shelves now there are two movies that are pretty bad right uh secret of the ooze and then uh ninja turtles 3 i don't i think it's back in time or ninja turtles Turtle. 3. yeah we covered right. secret of the ooze did we not yes oh we did we did we did. Oh, so that must have been in like 2019. I think right? so. Yeah. So do we finish out the? I, I do we finish out the Turtle Saga with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three somewhere down the line, or do we just? Hey, listen. We we've done as much as we can do for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> we kind of beat a dead horse here. Uh, maybe in 2023 we could wrap it up. Yeah, I yeah. think the I think three has an interesting story to it, if I remember um, how it came about. Um, I think it was just like really uninspired. It had kind of run its course by that time, you know. I think they were making another movie and then decided to just put the turtles in it. I think that is like the real story. That's possible. Yeah, it's very possible because it, it's it, not. It, it's definitely not a good movie. I'm a little. Not as if I can get to it, but I'm, I think I'm too busy reaching out to Pizza Hut right now. <laughs> He's on his quest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. It's it's funny. It's so many different iterations of the turtle uh and such a marketable uh product you know it's you had the comic books you had the movies you had the tv show the toys uh bedspread cereal like it's insane what these 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were like the kiss of comic books. You slap <laughs> their face on anything. You, I bet you, you could find a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles casket. I'm sure. It right? is funny you mentioned kiss because I, if you gave me money to ask, like it, I would have guessed that Kiss was involved with the writing of some of these songs. It, it does count on us. Idea. Count on us is a very Kiss like song. It, it's almost like God gave rock and roll to you in a way. Yeah. I I was thinking throughout this whole move, this whole thing. I was like, man, I feel like someone's ripping off someone else, whether Bill and Ted are ripping off this or or vice versa. I couldn't figure it out. Again, with the with the shapes on their bandanas, it's very Kiss like, right? The yeah. first thing that comes to mind is like the Starman, yeah, uh, from Kiss, Paul Stanley. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit of a rip off. I'd say not the right band to rip off for kids. A lot of kids. <laughs> Don't know who Kiss are uh, yeah. at that point. Um, yeah, it. I think uh, I I was very embarrassed watching this. I, I got to admit, because again, be, having been there, I don't know why I was so embarrassed by it. You know, I was three years old. Yeah. What's there's nothing to be ashamed of, but I guess just because I loved it so much, and like, God, I can't believe I loved something this terrible. And it, it was, yeah, I, I kind of felt a little bit of an anxiety watching it. And I wasn't expecting that. But then, like, Count on Us came on. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I love this song. And I feel a little bit better now. Uh, watching these doofuses just pretend to play instruments. Raphael <laughs> just hitting out of time on the drum. Basically just, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm just going to keep hitting. It's, it's such a farce. And everyone, in, what makes it good is everyone involved playing it up as it's real. And that's a level of commitment that I don't think I could ever muster. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could muster that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's that's kind of the end of our show today, I, I, I feel, mm -hmm. unless you guys have anything that you want to add. I feel like we've talked this 30-minute uh, documentary to death. I mean, what better way to end it than abruptly the way that the, <laughs> the making of ends, right? <laughs> it's like oh no now here's a count on us and then there's a shot of splinter saying they're definitely happening musically okay <laughs> it's, a it's a weird little button to put at the end of this documentary yeah <laughs> yeah just so yeah that's um if you're a teenage mutant ninja turtle fan i would i would say you have to watch this right because then it you, you get the full flavor of how much they sold out <laughs> yeah it's fa it's a fascinating watch um it is assuredly and, uh, I, I'm very glad that you guys were able to uh, humor me. And <laughs> what a way to kick off 2022. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's going to wrap it up this week. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, we're kind of in a transitional period in terms of our uh, socials. So e either you heard it, uh, figured it out already or not. Uh, but go to our Twitter. Try and find us on Twitter. I don't know what it's going to be at this point. It might be TicTampod, T-C-T-A-M pod. I think that's where I'm leaning um, to find us on Twitter. Uh, it's probably going to be the same for Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we will tweet that all, all that out. But you have to find us. Uh, so I don't know what to do. Just find it. I don't know. Use your Google <laughs> machine. I don't, I don't know. We're, we're speaking to you from the past. So before this all goes up. Um, uh, GVNation.com. Geek Vibes Nation. We're a member of them. Uh, socials. Geek Vibes Nation podcast streaming apps geek vibes nation all that fun stuff if you're into geek shows there's surely a show for you uh and that's gonna wrap it up the director of this documentary was 
David Saperstein. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Davecchio telling David Saperstein, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?